Good morning, and we bid a welcome to State Representative Randy Fry. Good morning to you, Randy. Good morning. Good morning. Did you have a nice Christmas? I sure did, and I uh, trust that you did the same. I did. Family was in, and uh, we had a great time. Thank you. <laughs> oh, excellent. And, uh, of course, um, you know, once the, the holidays are, are over, next week the uh, General Assembly uh, begins the 2022 session, and uh, we're kind of giving a, a bit of a preview of the, the session. And uh, as far as uh, some of the uh, things leading up to uh, the session, um, I imagine that there, there's a lot of work that goes into it before the, uh, the gavel uh, comes down on the session to open things up on Tuesday. Well, there sure is some, and, and it, uh, it comes in, in several forms. One is research. You have to uh, you get an idea for a, a piece of legislation or to change something, and uh, you have to research it and figure out, is this the right avenue to go? And you bounce those ideas off of multiple people. Uh, once you've determined this is what you want to do, then you have to get the language written properly. I say it uh, once in a while, but the content of the legislation has to meet the intent of the legislation. Sometimes they don't, and so you end up thinking you're passing this, and you actually pass that, or most of the time we catch it. And then um, you have to get the bills drafted, you get them, and you file them, and then they uh, later on, early in January, the speaker will do what's called pass-down bill list. A bill list is simply a list of bills that are assigned to committees. And uh, when he passes down a bill list, then the committee chairman can begin to go through those bills, determine which bills they want to hear, and then begin the process of getting that done. So all of that has to happen before any bills are going to be heard in a committee. And then uh, once they go through the committee, uh, what is the process there? Once they go through a committee, of course, every bill doesn't get a hearing. Uh, there are a lot more bills drafted than there are that get heard, which is probably a good thing. But uh, once a bill goes through committee, that it can do multiple things. First thing, it, 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 everybody wants it to do is pass out a committee and go to the House floor. Um, a committee chairman can hear a bill and not vote it. Uh, if you don't vote it, it simply doesn't leave committee. It doesn't move on. You might vote it later on, or you might not vote it ever. Uh, might might be that somebody wants to make a point, not necessarily wanting to make it law. Um, but normally, you want the bill to pass out a committee. And then it goes to the House floor for what's called second reading. Second reading is where bills are amended. Any member of the Indiana House and Senate can offer an amendment to any bill. And those amendments have to be heard. Unlike a bill in committee that doesn't necessarily get a hearing, an amendment has to be heard. If you're offering an amendment, it, it, it's there. So um, that, that's a nice luxury that we have. That, uh, if you wanted to make an adjustment to a bill, you, you have the option as long as you have enough colleagues that agree with you. Once that happens, the bill is called engrossed. When it's engrossed, the speaker uh, gabbles the bill and it call, says it's engrossed. means it's now ready for third reading. Third reading is where the bill merits are debated. On second reading, you're amending the content of the bill. You want to change it for this reason or that reason, this direction, that direction. But when on third reading, you're simply debating the content of what the bill is now. If it was amended or it wasn't. We're just debating the content of the bill. Third reading bills uh, are all recorded votes. So amendments most of the time are voice votes, and, um, but uh, a third reading vote is a recorded vote. So you can go in and see who voted for this and who didn't vote for it and for years and years and years to come. Once the bill passes, if it gets enough votes, it has to have 51 votes in the House, 
uh, 26 in the Senate. Once the bill does pass the House chamber in the second half of session, it will go to the Senate and all this will start over. And then, of course, I uh, understand that that's about what now. Now, is this where the uh, conference committee comes into play here? Uh, and if so, uh, 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 can you explain the conference committee uh, process? <laughs> well, I'll try, Tom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should be able to. Yeah. So so uh, the Indiana General Assembly is the only place I know of where two halves don't make a whole. So the, the first half of session will come to end probably around the end of January. This is a short session. We will be done no later than the 15th day of March. The second half of the session will begin early February and end by the end of February. So two halves, we should be ready to go home, but we're not. At the last portion of session, the last two weeks or so of March, we'll be um, going through what's called conference committee. So a bill that passes the House, when it goes over to the Senate, if it gets amended, well, that bill can't go to the governor. The bill that passed the House isn't the same as the bill in the Senate. And so you've got to figure out what is going to go to the, to, the, to the governor for his signature, or is it going to go? And so a conference committee is, is appointed of legislators to debate both Senate and House, debate in this committee what is it that we really want this bill to look like. Sometimes you simply can't get a consensus, uh, and the bill dies. Other times you'll say, well, okay, we'll just take the Senate version. We like it. They improved it. Or they'll just take the House version. They, we improved it. And that's called a concurrence. Then the bill is only has to be voted on in one chamber, the original chamber. So if it's a House bill, goes to the Senate and gets amended, it's my bill, and I like the changes they made, we'll vote on it again in the House on a concurrence, therefore matching the bill that was voted on in the Senate. Identical bills passed the House and the Senate, now it can go to the governor. But if you dissent, you say, I don't like what they did to my bill, which happens a lot, um, then you go to conference committee. And conference committees are very much like regular committees that we have during uh, the session, uh, but they're just appointed for one bill. And you set up a time uh, and you meet, um, a group of legislators will meet, and you'll try to determine What's this bill going to look like? What what can we live with? What can you live with? What are you trying to get done? What do we want done? And see if we can get a consensus. If you can, then you have a conference committee report that comes out of that committee. It goes to the, both the House and the Senate, and that conference committee report will then be voted on by both those chambers. Once that happens, if it passes both chambers, then it can go to the governor. Long explanation. Okay, so... <laughs> So the bottom line is that it, uh, there's a there's a process involved, and uh, and then before it uh, it goes on to the to the governor, and of course, obviously, uh, there's those times when uh, some of these uh, bills do uh, go to conference committee, and I understand that they they die in conference committee. Is that right? Absolutely, or or they'll die in a regular committee. A lot of bills will pass the House or pass the Senate and not get a hearing in the other chamber. Somebody in the, in, in the House really likes the bill and he doesn't have that same feeling for the bill in the Senate or vice versa. So a lot of the bills that pass in the first half won't see the light of day again. Those bills, are if they pass one House, they're also eligible to be amended at conference committee. So if I had a bill that passed the House, didn't get a hearing in the Senate, and I could find an author of the bill that would agree to it, I could inject the language of my bill that the Senate didn't hear into another bill. So that's when it really gets tricky, and you really got to watch and make sure you know what you're voting for or against. All right. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout, and then we'll get into uh, take a look uh, more toward the uh, 
the actual session itself that's coming up uh, next week as we continue our conversation with State Representative Randy Fry right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To-Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To-Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To-Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back to The Daily Pod. I'm Tom Snape as we continue our conversation with State Representative Randy Fry. And, of course, uh, one thing I know that you're uh, quite involved in is House Bill uh, 1001. And uh, that's one of the mm-hmm. bills that uh, is going to be one of the more high-profile ones. And uh, can you uh, give us a little bit about that? Yes, Tom. House Bill 1001 is a bill that uh, was drafted back probably in November uh, to – try to bring it into the state of emergency in Indiana, and then also um, to uh, rank, to bring it in to the mandates that come along with the state of emergency. Um, and, and then the vaccine mandate is a big part of that. And so that bill, when it was, uh, was drafted, was, we had an agreement, I think you remember, on the 29th day of November, we were going to hear that bill on a one-day special session and push it through and send it to the governor. Well, something happened, and did, we didn't have the people. Uh, we didn't have enough votes. It wasn't going to pass. And so that didn't happen. So that bill has been heard in the House and will be eligible early in January, first day of session, January 4th. It will be eligible to be heard or amended uh, at that point. Uh, and then once it passes, if it passes the House, then we'll go to the Senate and we'll see what they do. Um, you know, they have their own thoughts, and that's that's why the system works. So. Uh, that, that's where that bill is. Uh, th- there was, it took two thirds majority in the House and the Senate to suspend the rules to do a one day session. There simply wasn't enough votes to do that. As far as uh, some of the other bills uh, that uh, you see uh, that will be uh, big issues uh, coming up uh, next week, uh, starting next week, uh, uh, what are some of those? Well, I think probably the one that most of your listeners probably heard about is tax cuts. Um, we, the General Assembly, are looking to uh, cut. Taxes. We're, our economy is growing very, very well and very quickly. And and so back I, during the uh, Governor Pence era, we put a bill, uh, a bill in code that said if Indiana's surplus, their savings account that we have, exceeds a certain percentage, that money has to be returned to the taxpayers. And so in 2022, every Hoosier is going to get a return a rebate of some of the money they paid in 2021 under Indiana income tax. Uh, how much is that going to be? Well, I heard one number, and now I hear another number. And then yesterday it came out that we have even more money than we thought. So we're going to have to wait and see. But we know that everyone will get more than $100 uh, on back. Who pay, if you paid Indiana income tax in 2021, you'll get a, a rebate uh, on your 2022 Indiana income tax. That's the first thing that we're going to do. The second is uh, we're going to cut taxes. Now, depending on which um, – person you talk to, there's a lot of different options out here. One is to completely eliminate the uh, business personal property tax. Um, I heard that one recently. I've heard uh, cut sales tax. I've, cu- I've heard cut uh, both uh, corporate and uh, personal income tax rate. Um, and so we're just going to have to wait and see which one of these get traction. 
the good thing is that Indiana's economy is strong and we can cut taxes and continue to provide the services that the citizens of Indiana expect from us. Now, I have a bill that will exempt active duty military from Indiana income tax. And um, currently, if you're a deployed reserve or member of the National Guard, you don't pay Indiana income tax. But if you're a regular Army or regular uh, active duty Navy, Marine, you do. Now, I, first off, I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's right. Uh, and then there are folks that, uh, that I talk to who say, well, that's a lot of money. We're going to be giving away a lot of money. Well, one of the things is I don't, I don't really agree with that, uh, not, at least not in, it, in its entirety, and I'll tell you why. When someone is inducted into the military, they're asked, what state is your home state? You can say Florida. You can say Texas, and you don't pay any income, uh, state income tax. So that's what a lot of them do. They're, they're joining the military from the state of Indiana, but they're declaring they're a resident of Texas or Florida or another state that doesn't have an income tax. And so it's not like we're losing that revenue. We're losing the population. We've had a huge population drop in Indiana over the last 10 years. And so this, is, this isn't the whole reason, but this is part of the reason that we're losing people is we, we, they, they, we, they haven't left Indiana. They just are declaring that they don't live here. So they don't have to pay that income tax. So to me, it's just a no brainer. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm surprised that there's not some uh, checks and balances to uh, verify where uh, people live. Well, I, I don't know, but, but when you're uh, active duty military, you're not in that state anyway. That's Most true. of the time, those the people who are, um, and, and on a military base someplace, not in Indiana. They might be in Hawaii or they might be in California or wherever. But So it's, it's sort of unfair anyway to have somebody pay Indiana income tax when they're not here using any of the services that Indiana pro- provides. So I don't know if I have enough uh, support for it, but we'll try. All right. And then, uh, anything else uh, before uh, we uh, let you uh, get back to work in uh, preparing for the session starting next week? Uh, we're going to continue to uh, to work on uh, some of the jail overcrowding things that we've been working on for the last several years, working with the Department of Corrections and um, also um, some of the other uh, representatives. That we, uh, we're going to take a look at some of the sentencing and see if there's some things that we can do. It's very complicated, uh, complex issue, and what you have to have to do is you got to be really careful that if we're making changes, that the changes aren't causing more um, crime, or um, you've probably heard of catch and release and things like that. That's not what we're trying to do at all. We don't want that. What we're trying to do is figure out um, who might be better served with drug treatment or mental health treatment instead of being in the local jail, and if so, what to do about that. So this is a, a bill I've been working on with Representative Sturwald and, and Department of Corrections uh, to try to find, well, I guess, what you call a sweet spot. We're still working on it. But uh, this this will be the biggest bill that I do this year, and it'll take a lot of a lot of my time. And also, a lot of thing that we hear about uh, now is, uh, of course, bail reform. And I take it that's that's not a, what road this one's going down. Is that correct? No, I do have a bill, a bill that deals with bail reform, but it is uh, pretty much Marion County bill. There's a fund in Marion County that's for uh, community development, 
And if you're a not-for-profit, you can apply for a grant from that fund. And what's happening is there are folks up there that are applying for grants to, quote, improve their communities, and they use that money for bail, and they're bailing out violent, offend- violent felons or violent offenders. Um, and uh, so we want to put a stop to that. They, if you're going to improve your community, you're going you're to clean things up, or you're going to build a nice park or something, you're not going to use that money for bail or a violent person in, in jail. So uh, I have a bill that bans that. Um, we'll see where that goes as well. There's probably going to be several like that. One of the things that you find when you get to the General Assembly, Tom, is that we, me, myself, I don't know what other reps are, are filing unless they tell me. And so um, you may find something that's significant, that several reps have a, a very similar bill. And then it's just determined whose bill is the one that looks the best or the one that should go. So um, we'll see. I know that the Senate has a, a couple bills to deal with this as well. And we'll see what happens with that one, too. All right. And, of course, uh, we will obviously keep an eye on things going on at the State House uh, starting uh, next week and uh, through mid-March. And, uh, well, we appreciate your time uh, this morning. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you uh, on a weekly basis during the uh, the session. I look forward to it, Tom. It's, uh, it's an exciting time. We're uh, back in the General Assembly doing the people's work, unlike our friends up in Washington. We go to the session, we do our work, we come home and live under the bills we pass. So um, we have a timeline that's set, and when we hit the timeline, we're done. All right, well, very good. Well, uh, State Representative Randy Fry, again, uh, thank you for joining us this morning, and uh, we look forward to talking to you uh, down the road. My pleasure, Tom. I'm Tom Snape for The Daily Pod.